Hello, you are listening to Germantown Community Radio, WRGU 92.9 FM. Welcome to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show, a weekly radio program that spotlights positive real estate development and neighborhood revitalization throughout Philadelphia. I'm your host, Derek Hengamil. Jumpstart Philly is a unique community development program that trains, mentors, networks, and provides funding to aspiring real estate developers in seven different Philadelphia neighborhoods, including Germantown, where the program was founded. Jumpstart believes that you can do well by doing good and focuses on removing neighborhood blight, scattered site rehab, creating a healthy mix of affordable and market rate housing, and avoiding gentrification through slow, steady growth and keeping wealth local. Interviews are conducted during Jumpstart Germantown's weekly Jumpinar series on Monday nights at 7 p.m., held via Zoom webinar. For more information about these events, check out the events page at jumpstartgermantown.com. This week, I am speaking with Dan Greenspun, the president of Penn Construction and Design, about the construction timeline and how planning and budgeting factor into the process. I hope you enjoy the conversation, and be sure to check out the podcast version of this program at jumpstartgermantown.com media or on any podcasting platforms. And Dan Greenspoon is the owner of Penn Construction with Design. He grew up in Havertown. After graduating from college, he moved back in with his parents, who were adding an addition to their home. He asked the contractor if he could help with additions and was hired. During this project, Dan saw how the construction process came together and fell in love with the experience of transforming his parents' house into their dream home. For over 10 years, Dan has worked in the construction and design field, specializing in bathroom and kitchen renovations. His love for construction led him to venture into real estate, leading Dan to open up his sister company, DMG Elite Properties. He invested in his first real estate property over 10 years ago and has acquired multiple properties throughout the Delaware County area since. When he isn't transforming people's homes or investing in new ones, he is known to run a race or two. He's an Ironman and avid triathlete. So without further ado, it's my pleasure to introduce Dan. Dan, how are you doing tonight? Great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Um, so I appreciate you giving us your time and, and we have a limited amount of time and, and a lot to cover. So uh, let's jump right into it. And, and obviously the broad topic is the construction timeline and kind of going over what people can expect for their you know, first, second, or third construction um, on their real estate investment. So, um, you know, we spoke briefly before this, and you you highlighted planning as a huge part of the process. So, I think it's a good uh, good way to kick off. And maybe you could just tell me what what planning goes into a construction project, and and what sorts of things are fall under that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, pen construction design. We we believe that planning is everything. Uh, we sort of believe you you do a lot more work up front that makes the renovation go. Uh, faster, smoother, and a much, much better experience. Right. Uh, typically, what will happen is uh, we'll get a call. I'll come out to the property. Um, I'll get a sense of what, what the person or company is looking to do um, to, to renovate the property. I'll give some suggestions, but I, really, I'm just trying to get the idea of, of what they want to do out of their head so, so I can form a scope of work. Um, I'll typically raise some concerns about what, what we may or may not find uh, as, as, we walk, as we walk through the property. And usually I'll make some suggestions of what will add value and, and what maybe won't, or at least as much as they, as much as they think. Right. Um, so, yeah. so planning, is that process solely on the contractor? Is that the investor too? Or what's the relationship as far as um, you know, 
the sharing of ideas and kind of the, like you said, getting something out of someone's head. Um, what, what, what portion of the, the process lies on the contractor versus the investor? Yeah, it's really, it's really a team effort. Um, we need to be really honest with each other. Um, you know, I need to, I had need to have an idea of, of budget and what they're trying to accomplish in, in this project. Um, and then with that, you know, we're going to give them ideas, materials, types of things they want to use to, to accomplish that job. Um, and, you know, but it is, it is a team effort and we have to, we have to work together. Cool. And we're going to talk a little bit in about in a little bit. We'll talk about the the ways to hire a contractor and and what are the, some good you know key key indicators of what makes a good contractor and, and how to form that relationship. But before we get to that, I want to go back to the planning process. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- tell me a little bit about the timeline of planning. You know how how far ahead of construction starting and, and you really getting in the building and doing the dirty work does the planning process need to happen? Um, say you like from settlement, you know, how, how much time should you give yourself to, to plan before you, you actually go to the building? So I believe that hopefully it starts before settlement. Um, hopefully you bring us in there at your, at your home inspection or, you know, in, in you know, some, some period before you close, hopefully at least 30 days before you close. Mm-hmm. Um, that will allow us to come in. Hopefully we can do 3D renderings of kitchens, bathrooms, any other types of spaces we need to do. That'll give us square footages, give you an idea of what the space is going to look like. Uh, remodeling's tough. You're putting a lot of faith in, in, in your contractor. Um, you know, we, we say it's really easy to buy a car. You get to sit in it, you get to feel it, smell it, know what color it's going to be. Right. In remodeling, all of that falls on the contractor. So we try and bring it to life through like a 3D design program, kind of like you see on HGTV. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that will really start off the planning process. You know, are we over budget? Are we under budget? Uh, what do we have? What do we have to do to make this project run run smoothly? Typically, we find that the the planning process is going to take between thirty and forty five days. Could be longer. Some is on, some of that's going to be on the investor or homeowner because they have a lot of selections of um, of materials that they need to make. Cool. So I want to go back. You said. 3D renderings is a, is a really good tool that you use. Is that something that you, you find is commonly used amongst contractors or is that something that's special to your service? There's definitely other contractors that are using it. Uh, typically the design build firms that you see, um, they're, they're all using it. Uh, when you use kind of a, a guy in a truck, we call it, which, which has its pluses and minuses. Um, but, you know, they haven't invested the, the thousands of dollars in software and the time to, to learn it. Uh, but I can tell you that it's extremely helpful. Cool. And so in that period before settlement, uh, you said around 30 days, hopefully that's when you start to plan. Um, how far do you need to go with your plans? Do you need to have like a perfect image of what the finished product is going to look like? Or, or do you, is there certain parts that you should focus on first? Um, like, I mean, obviously you've been through the property if, if you're having a contractor look at the plans, but there's still a lot to learn, you know, after settlement when you're actually looking through the property. Um, like more in detail. So, so how far do you need to go as far as your, your design plans? Yeah, our design plans are, we try and get every, everything picked out, planned and ordered before we demo. Um, that way, especially in a COVID world, uh, we're not having these delays on materials and things. Uh, so, you know, we really require that, that everything's done. And part of that planning process is, obviously we haven't demoed anything yet, so we want to raise those concerns to, to the investor or the homeowner 
here's, here's what's there. Here's what I think we're going to find once we demo it. Here's what we might find and sort of have courses of action for all of those things. So we're, you know, after we demo it, we're not surprised. And then we're sitting there for two weeks trying to figure out what to do because, you know, if somebody's uh, flipping a house, those two weeks, every hour, every day, you know, there's money going out the window and you want to do that as fast as possible. Right. So, um, so you mentioned that, that another part, important part of planning, not only is like your timeline and your material selections and the design, but also your budget, you know, um, can you tell me a little bit about what people should be thinking in terms of planning their budget, um, you know, both prior to settlement and after settlement? Yeah, I think, I think budget's huge. Um, you know, listen, I've never, almost never walked into a, to a first meeting and somebody says, um, you know, I want to do this project for a hundred thousand dollars. And I say, okay, great. That's, that's perfect. Typically we're going to have, there's going to have to be some sacrifices. Uh, there's going to have to be some decisions made to, to fit in that budget. Uh, so that open and honest communication is, is really the, the biggest thing. Um, when it comes to budget, what's going to get you your, your, you know, your biggest and best return. It's, it's almost always going to be kitchens and bathrooms. Um, you know, I think a lot of investors skip on the outside, <laughs> um, you know, that, that curve appeal, because it, it usually gets done last. That's when money gets, money gets tight. Um, but you know, the, the kind of the devil is in the details. You can see all over the city that some of these, some of these flips, the numbers get really tight because they weren't planned out properly. And the, the trim and the detail work at the end suffers and it, you know, it costs them in, in their resale price. Um, I, you can see it all over the city. In, in your experience, you know, is it common to, to be planning out your budget and then get to a point where you're like, oh, this isn't really going to work at all? I mean, obviously, there, that's why there's pro formas and, and, you know, the due diligence process of getting a loan on something like that. But, you know, is that common to, to look at the numbers and just be like, no, this isn't going to work? Yeah, hap happens all the time. Um, you know, I, I looked at a property today in, in, in South Philly. Um, I can almost guarantee you that it, it, it will not work. Um, you know, and that's, that's not always a bad thing, right? As, as an investor, you want to know that up front. Uh, if you're dealing with a contractor that says, I can do this for 60, mm -hmm. but they're not planning out, you know, everything properly and that swells to a hundred, well, there goes your profit. So now you just wasted three to six months and you didn't make any money. That's, that, that's the worst thing that could happen. Right. So I guess part of the planning process is, is like dipping your toes in the water to see how much work it's really going to be. Right. The more planning you do, the less problems you're going to run into. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. And, and before we move on from planning, cause I, I want to walk through everything from planning to, to walking away from the property and being done with it. Um, but before we move away from what you said is the most important step, how is COVID affecting planning? Um, like what sorts of things are people going to have to count or factor into the equation like now as opposed to what they would have a couple of years ago or, or a year ago. Um, yeah. Um, price is probably, there's going to be two. It's going to be price and, and delays or availability. Of um, materials? You're of materials. About? Yeah. Um, so price, if you, if you just use a standard two by four, uh, pre COVID you're talking 350, 340 per two by four. Uh, the other day when I was there, they were at lows, they were, they were 610 a piece. So, and they, they were higher than that. 
Um, so you can see that that's a massive, you know, if you're ordering $15,000 in lumber, you know, and you have nearly a hundred percent increase, that's obviously going to affect your budget. What is, what is that going to be going forward? I don't really know, but you should have some contingency for that. Um, availability of materials. So depending on types and things of windows, but you know, a lot of those things were two to four weeks. Now they're pushing six, eight, 10 weeks. How's that going to affect your renovation? You know, can you, can you pivot and, and get it done faster? Um, availability of subcontractors is also another one. Most, you know, good contractors are very busy today. Um, how, you know, how are you going to keep them? How are you going to organize your project? So it's running smoothly on time. Um, payments are going out, you know, because if the plumber is the, the, the plumber is the first trade to get in there. If he's two weeks behind, he just pushed your whole, your whole project to two weeks behind. Right. Um, so th- those are some of the things that, that I would look out for in today's market. Cool. And, and um, you know, I don't expect you to, to have all the details of the supply chain and everything, but for somebody who, who doesn't you know, know too much about construction and, and material sourcing, why is the price going up for that sort of thing? You know, um, is it due to like worker delays or, or you know, uh, like a, a shortage in the material? Uh, it's more of a shortage of labor, like inside confined factories. Um, so they can't put as many people in the mill, so they're not producing as much. The other thing is uh, some of these companies are, they're just trying to cut costs. So um, where they may have been shipping, you know, floor, hardware flooring is a huge one right now, um, where they used to send a, you know, a truck almost every day up uh, from the south and bring it up. Now they're shipping maybe once a week, maybe every other week. And it's just, it's just causing delays and, and demand. Sure. Okay, great. Um, so let's move on to, to the, the bulk of the construction process um, timeline wise, which would be, you know, actually being there and, and doing the construction. Um, so can you just walk me through, you know, what, what the pen process is and sort of what you, you typically see as the timeline of a construction project? Um, I, I know obviously the first and, and everybody in this call should be very aware that documents and permitting is, is a, a huge roadblock to get past and kind of a, a, a milestone in the process. So maybe you can start there and then kind of walk us through it. Yeah. So uh, again, if we start from the very beginning, we have that, that planning period design phase. Typically that's going to last four to six weeks. Um, Hopefully in that time period, you're ready to close. Uh, As soon as you close, uh, we can pull permits. You can't, you can't generally pull them beforehand. Um, So you would close uh, pull permits. And then from there, you're ready to start your project. Um, obviously the first thing is demo, uh, depending on the scale, that's going to last a couple of days, you know, it could last a week or two. It just depends on the size of the project. Typically you're going to need a a meeting scheduled with the contractor, um, at the end of demo or close to the end of demo. What did they find? Did we find rot? Did we find knob and tube? Um, did we find asbestos or mold or any of those types of things that need to be, need to be dealt with? Are those the most common problems, asbestos and mold? Uh, I would say in our area, knob, knob and tube wiring is, is probably the most, you know, the, the one that comes up the most. Uh, you, you find a lot of people will say, my house has been rewired, and typically they rewired up to the first outlet or first switch, but they didn't go beyond that. So it will, 
sort of appear to be rewired. Uh, but once you actually open up, you're going to find that it's not. A lot of times that's going to require almost a whole home rewire, which is very expensive. So that's something, you know, you should keep in mind as contingency. If you're just tuning in, this is a conversation with Dan Greenspun, the president of Penn Construction and Design, about the construction timeline and how planning and budgeting factor into the process. Thanks for listening to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show on Germantown Community Radio, WRGU 92.9 FM. Hope you're enjoying the discussion. Cool. Great. And we were, we were uh, I think, talking about demos. So if you want to continue on. Yeah. So typically, uh, demo, demo will finish. You'll get past any hurdles, make decisions, you know, move on from there. Uh, your framing would, would go next. Uh, framing out your spaces, uh, then then your mechanicals come in. So plumbing's, plumbing is always going to go first. Um, and then uh, your HVAC guys are going to come in, uh, follow, followed by electrical. Right. And um, I, I know we had a previous speaker on talk about how it's kind of like an art of timing when different contractors are coming in the building to make sure people aren't bumping elbows. Um, you know, is that your recommendation? Like, Obviously, you're avoiding that by doing what's in the walls before doing what's outside of the walls. Um, but is that the order that you typically re- recommend? Is doing plumbing first, HVAC, and then wiring? Yeah, that, that's that's the order. That's the order that it should go in. Um, oh, any, are there any exceptions to that situation? You know, if the, if you run into a big problem, like I'm thinking, what if you do you you start on your plumbing and then you realize there's a problem in plumbing that's going to take another week and a half to fix, you know, does the whole project get held up or can you start some other things? Do you have any like tips for people that can kind of navigate a a situation like that? Yeah. I mean, if you work with the same crew over and over again, you might be able to stick, you know, say the, say the plumber and the HVAC guy in there at the same time. But typically the trades don't like, I mean, depending on the size of the job, obviously, but if it's a 1500 square foot house, there's not a lot of room. The trades guys don't really like to work together like that. They're kind of on top of each other. It just makes more of a mess than it, than it's worth. Uh, again, sort of planning it out from, from the beginning. I keep going back to that, but it's the truth. So if you kind of give a plumber a week or two weeks, depending on the size of the job to rough it in and you have the HVAC guy right behind them there, that's usually going to allow enough time for, so they're not, so they're not on top of each other. Great. Um, and, and I can imagine it's, uh, another important aspect is attention to detail during demo. Like while you're going through the property, you make sure you're really looking deep at everything, right? Cause you don't want to miss something. And in the middle while one of your other contracts is here, they say, Oh, well, this is wrong. And then it kind of all your plans are bunk. Um, cool. So, so next, uh, you were just moving on to mechanicals and framing. Um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about framing and what that entails. Yeah, framing is just, you know, a lot of times in today's world, we're, we're opening up these spaces, uh, typically in the city, right? The houses are 12, 14, or 16 feet wide. Um, in most parts of the city, you can take down almost all of the interior walls um, and create that open living space that everybody's after today. Um, on the second and third floors in the city, you know, a lot of times you're knocking out two of the smaller bedrooms and creating maybe a larger one. So you have to reframe closets, bathrooms, um, you know, just making the space up to date for today's user. Um, some of these houses were built, you know, a hundred years ago and they just don't fit the way we live today. Right. 
So if you can give me a, a time estimation, uh, you know, after demo and before, or after demo until your completed framing and mechanicals, how long do you think that would take? Um, so typically we're, if we're operating a house like that, um, we, we schedule out about a week for demo, a week for framing, a week for the plumber. Um, we give the HVAC guy a week. He doesn't usually doesn't need it. Um, and then the electrician we give, we'll also give a week to 10, a week to 10 days. That gives us a little bit of a buffer in case weather, you know, or we need some extra time. Cool. And, and I want to actually take, take a step back real quick and maybe we could look at the process in a whole because um, you're starting to mention like a week for this, a week for that. Um, that sounds pretty quick, quick moving. Um, you know, a, a lender like ours, like Jumpstart Germantown, we give a 12 month uh, you know, time to, to complete construction and pay back your loan after those 12 months. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm sure you can, you would uh, be sure to point out that that is way too long for a construction project to take. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, again, it depends on the size of uh, size of the job. Um, but you know, if you're talking a typical city house, sixteen hundred square feet, you know, twenty five hundred square feet, typically that should be able to be done in four to six months. Again, depending on the on the scope of work. Um, I think if it's planned out properly, you know, you can you can get through everything up into the rough inspection you know, in, in six, in six to eight weeks, um, the timeline will dramatically slow down after that. So <laughs> be, be cautious. Um, right. but yeah, the, the beginning part, if it's planned out properly, can move really quickly. Great. And that makes a good segue into our, our next topic here. And this is where you mentioned delays might start to become more common is, is inspections. So after mechanicals are in framing's done, you're all set to go. What's next? Yeah. So you're going to, you're going to call for inspection. Um, you're going to need a electrical inspection. He's going to go first. That's, that's third party um, in almost every city township around here. Um, he's going to come in, check for rough inspection. He's going to leave a sticker usually on the, usually on the front window saying that was complete. Uh, you're then going to call for your city inspector and city inspection. Uh, that person's going to come out. Um, they're going to check basically every, everything else um, from there. You know, in pre-COVID, they're usually going to ask you to insulate, and then they'll come back out and check insulation and, and fire stop. Um, in today's world, a lot of times they're skipping over that and saying you can go right, you can go right to drywall with with some pictures and things. So during those first two uh, rough inspections, you know, what are what are some common things that cause a stop in the system? Um, you know, there's just some like stupid things that people might miss that, that cause huge delays or anything? Uh, typically we haven't had any, I mean, there's, they may ask for some, for minor stuff that they can either send them a picture or they can see on the, on the final inspection. Um, the biggest one we've ever had, which was, which was for a client, um, the inspector sort of saw it as a four unit building instead of a three unit building. Um, and the architect had to had to redraw some things. Uh, that was that was a pretty big holdup. Um, but those things, you know, do happen in the city. Um, you know, hopefully, again, you're you're all planned out right. Uh, all your all your subcontractors yourself is doing everything on the on the up and up. And usually, the the inspectors are are pretty good. Um, they just ask that you're up front with them. If you're trying to hide things, get away with things, they will make your life tough. And, you know, you kind of deserve it. 
Cool. And uh, this is our, our quick plug real quick. Next week, we have a speaker from LNI coming on who is, is going to talk all about inspections and what the, the permit process looks like. Uh, so be sure to, to register for that. I'll have the information up at the end here. Um, but if you want to avoid those problems Dan was just talking about, be sure to, to attend next week. Um, okay, so we got through the inspections. I don't think I had any questions for you. So we'll move on to uh, insulation and, and what comes after the inspections. Like once, once you get the electrical sticker on the front, the city inspector comes through, what's next? Yep, insulation and fire stop is next. So um, fire stop is any penetration going between floors. Um, so basement to first floor, first floor to second floor, and so on. Uh, like where you drill through for wires and plumbing and things like that. Um, they want fire stop, which is orange, orange foam. Generally, there's other ways to do it, but um, you need to block all that so that the fire wouldn't be able to spread, you know, as fast. Um, and then you then you insulate walls, every exterior wall, uh, obviously the ceiling. Um, and then you would get another inspection or take pictures and send, send them to the inspector. And how long does it typically take to, to install all the insulation and fire stopping? Uh, you should probably be able to do that in a day or two. Awesome. Cool. Um, and then obviously lastly is, is making it pretty, right? <laughs> That's right. Um, so drywall, drywall will come next. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest hangups, at least when I was first getting started is getting drywall into the property. Um, you know, pay the extra, I don't know what it is now, but 150, 200 bucks to have it boomed in. Uh, meaning they pull it off with, with a boom, they'll send it through the window. Um, you don't want people carrying it up the steps and it'll, it'll eat up a whole day's worth of time. Uh, and you'll have a bunch of angry employees. <laughs> so, uh, so get it, get it boomed in, in the truck. If you can, sometimes there's wires and things in the way or bus routes in the city. So not always possible, but that would, that'd be a tip that I would, I would give you. Great. And then what other finishings, you know, other than drywall would be appliances, you know, flooring and everything, right? Yeah. What are you, what are you doing with your flooring? It's always a huge expense. Um, you know, doors, are they going to be hollow core? Are they going to be solid, you know, solid core? Um, what type of trim are you doing? Are you just going to use uh, cheap stuff from Home Depot? Uh, are you going to make it, you're going to bring the house back to life for what it looked like originally? Um, obviously, cabinets is a, is a big one. Uh, all types of things to consider, you know, is it a flip? Is it a rental? You know, if it's a rental, you want to make it as, as bulletproof as, as, you know, as we say, to stand, to stand up the tenants. Um, and so what does that mean? Or does it mean, are you going to put hardwood floors in so that they can be resanded over time? Or are you going to do some vinyl product um, that, you know, usually stands up pretty, pretty well too? Cool. So let's talk timing again. Um, you know, after you do the insulation, you said that would take just a day or two. Um, how long should people allot out for, for all the finishing that you just mentioned, you know, hardwood floors, drywall, windows, whatnot? Yeah, drywall is going to go next. Uh, typically, we're going to budget 10 days in there. A lot's dependent on weather. So you might want to, you, you might want to give them a little bit longer, two weeks. Um, and then the rest of the finishing, it really depends how detailed it is. You know, how, how, how detailed is the tile work? How big is the kitchen? Things like that. But, you know, typically it's going to take you two months to get through the rest of that, uh, depending on the size of your crew and things, obviously. Gotcha. And then after that, um, is there a final inspection or does the city have to come back out again? Yeah. So same, same thing as before, you're going to call for uh, your electrical inspection. 
So third party electrical is going to come out um, and, you know, he will, he or she will sign off. There'll be a sticker on the inside of your panel, um, electrical panel, wherever that's located. And then you call the city back for, uh, for their final inspection. Um, the only thing I guess we, we left out is if they're, uh, if you need sprinklers or, or an alarm system or fire alarm system, that would, that would be a whole nother, you know, a whole nother inspection as, as well. But uh, typically single family reno renovations like that are not going to require that. Great. And uh, there's one last thing I thought of is the exterior. You mentioned how important that is to, to make sure you're doing the best you can on the exterior because usually that's when the money runs tight. So, uh, you know, do you loop that in with the finishing and cosmetics process or do you, do you uh, recommend that people work that into another one of the steps we mentioned? Yeah. So a lot of it's dependent on weather, right? Especially if we get down to this time of year. Um, are you going to paint the exterior when it's 30 degrees out? The answer is no. Um, so do we have a day where it's, where it's 50, 60 degrees randomly? Um, you might need to pivot a little bit and get the, get the outside done. If you have, if you have a couple of those days, uh, if you're flipping a house or, or even renting it, the sooner you can get the outside done and looking nice people on the outside are going to start to ask questions and maybe you can find your buyer or your renter right there. So the sooner you can get the exterior done, the better in my opinion. Right. Something you can kind of like work into the process, like you said, when you have these off chances of, of a day that's sunny or, or, you know, you're not having any other work done. So you might as well focus on that sort of throughout the whole process. Right. Yeah. And you know, there's, there's times like when the drywall, if you're, if you're not doing the drywall yourself, you have a drywall crew in there, that could be a good time for you to be on the exterior because they're consuming the entire inside of the building. Um, if, if it's a full gut renovation. Um, so maybe that's a time where you and your crew go to the, go to the exterior. Cool. One extra topic I want to talk to you here about, um, and that's finding a contractor and, and ways to hire a contractor. Um, I know, I'm sure somebody had, or, or everybody in this call has some idea of what that, that process looks like. It might've gone through it or, or gone through it and failed. Um, but as a contractor or, or a construction design expert yourself, maybe you can give us your, your tips for, for building not only a good relationship, but a productive relationship with your contractor. Yeah. I, I think that there's a couple of, which way are you going to go? Are you going to do some of yourself, some of this yourself, hire somebody to do something? Are you going to hire um, a bigger company or are you going to hire, you know, the guy in the truck? And I think they all have pluses and minuses, right? The, the guy in a truck is going to be much, much cheaper than say, say a company like mine. Um, but there's a downside there. If he gets injured or his, one of his family members gets sick, something happens you know, you're, he's got nobody to fill in for him. So your job's going to get put on hold. Uh, if something happens with my company now, you know, if somebody got COVID, something like that, we're going to pivot, move some guys over so that your job can, can progress as scheduled. Um, as far as hiring a contractor, you know, again, I just say, just be open and honest. Of what are you looking for? What is your timeline? What is your budget? Um, and then, you know, the biggest thing I think is, is not necessarily the money, but are you comfortable with the contractor? Uh, because you, you have to have a partnership that's going to last a month to, I don't know, six months, depending on the, on the size of the project. Uh, and I think some, some questions you can answer right off the bat is, um, do you have workers' comp? That's, that's easily the biggest one. Um, it's expensive. 
it's a, it's a pain, but that will that will tell you right there who who's serious and who's not. Um, and ask them for for their insurance policy, to, so that they can show you that if they have workers' comp. Uh, another one is how do we how do we communicate? Is it all like through text message? It's going to be all over the place. Is it through email, phone calls? Is there a back end person? Right. So when you do a whole house renovation, if it's through email and text message, there's going to be like five, six hundred communications. That's gonna that's a mess. That's gonna get lost. Right. So in my company, we have a back end program uh, where everything gets kept. All of your selections, a schedule, finances, everything is kept back there. It's all organized. You, the client, you know, they have they have access to it. Um, those are types of things they they bring value, I think, to to the client. They help keep they help keep the the project organized and on, and on track. But there's a cost to that, and 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 I recognize that. So you know, we're not the best fit for everybody. Um, so, you know, there's, there's different ways to go. And I would also encourage, you know, I remember the, my first rental that I bought, you know, probably 15 years ago and I, I renovated the whole thing myself. I think there's something to that on your, on your first one or two, right? Just get in there, figure it out. There's plenty of knowledge out there with YouTube and, and friends. You might even be able to hire a contractor as like a consultant. Uh, to swing by once a week and take a look at what you're doing. Um, but, you know, there, there's a lot to learn and there's a lot of money involved. So you don't want to, you don't want to mess things up too badly. <laughs> and that concludes my conversation with Dan Greenspun, president of Penn Construction and Design, about the construction timeline and how planning and budgeting factor into the process. Next week, we'll be speaking with Will Fernandez, Director of Audits and Investigations at LNI, about how to make sure you are compliant with city code on your development projects. The interviews on this program were recorded during Jumpstart Germantown's weekly Jumpinar series, which takes place via Zoom webinar every Monday night at 7 p.m. If you'd like to participate in the live Q&A with our guest, be sure to head to jumpstartgermantown.com events and register for next week's Jumpinar. And if you're interested in starting a Jumpstart program in your own community, visit gojumpstart.org to see our how-to guide and open source training workbook. Thanks so much for listening to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show on Germantown Community Radio, WRGU 92.9 FM, and be sure to tune in next week.